Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast. Starring Dave Schilling, Meta World Peace, DJ Strawberry, Joey Devine, Sergey Leeschuk, Donatus Motiunas, Sean Keane, Furcon Aldemir. Isaiah Kanan, special guest Sean Hyken, musical guest the cast of Smallball, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary uh, host of Round Ball Rock. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. I'm here with my co-host. Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? I'm doing really well. And our special guest, another Sean, has entered the arena. Sean Hyken. Only one of us can leave. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, you guys are going to die. One of you dies One of us is going to be murdered, but, you know. It's probably going to be, in all honesty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You might know Sean... Uh, Sean wrote for writes for Ble- well, has written for Bleacher Report for uh, uh, CSN Chicago. I just did the Bulls uh, game for them recently in Portland. Yeah, the Athletic. That is also correct. Yeah, you helped kill newspapers. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> no, I, I was I was gone before they did that. I was gone before <laughs> that whole thing started. <laughs> um, how are you tonight, Hiken? I'm good. I'm good. I'm 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 here. I'm I'm actually drinking exactly one beer right now. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, uh, oh, Zach Lowe's gonna t- tweet at you and make sure to make sure that uh, you source him on that one beer. Um, uh, do you have Do you have like an action movie from 2011 that you're gonna watch later and fall asleep in the middle of? 
No, I haven't. I'm I'm just I'm I'm still hyped off that Firefest documentary yesterday. Oh, you guys yeah. so good. I'm Be I'm back. hyped on the one that comes out the day this podcast comes out. In fact, listeners, while you're listening to this, I will be having a second screen experience where I watch both Firefest documentaries at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah, are you gonna are you gonna live stream it and uh... yeah yeah I'm, I'm I'm and then I'm gonna just jack them into my brain like Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, Joey, could I sit on the couch next to you with my new beard and my ironic Firefest T-shirt? You sure can. Oh, Anytime. Great. I feel like because like like I. Uh, maybe because we just kind of have this like little bubble of Twitter where everybody that we follow is talking about the Firefest uh, documentary. Like how, how big of like, like an actual cultural thing is this documentary going to be? Is this going to become a thing where now we're going to actually just be like going around uh, out in public and seeing people wearing like ironic Firefest shirts now? Like, is that going to be a thing? <laughs> I mean, honestly, we should maybe take this off the air and start selling them because what? Right, that, that scam artist is gonna sue us. Ja Rule mm-hmm. is gonna sue us. Bring it, Ja Rule. You want to sue me? Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> then well, there's a well, shot of us just doing shots, being like, "We stole these shirts from Ja Rule." <laughs> I'm gonna order two million dollars worth of alcohol on my Magnesis card, oh. <laughs> and then <That's> commit, a- <laughs> and then commit wire fraud to get out of paying the forty five percent alcohol tax. Yeah, all of our sponsors have been paying us with the Magnesis card. Um, Should we be worried about that? The Magnesis card, not to get a little into (laughs) Roundball Rock's own mythology, but it seems like a real Brett Slampson scheme, doesn't it? The Magnesis (laughs) card. (laughs) Like he, like he, he wouldn't found it, but he'd be an early investor for sure with Randy's money. (laughs) Well, obviously, (laughs) Um, the settlement from the incident. Uh, before we get to this first thing we want to do, I should mention, uh, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use, please. Five stars only. Uh, also, you can follow us on Twitter at RoundRockPod, on Gmail at RoundRockPod at gmail.com, or we also have a phone number, which I never have up in time because I am a bad host. I've got Um, it on speed dial. You've got it on speed dial? Oh, man. Yeah, my landline. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can call us there at 323-682-0342. Uh, and we're going to do a lot of news here with Hiken, but before we get to that, Sean Keen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you You're going to have to be more specific this time. I know. I'm going to call you Keen and Hiken. I just forgot that time. Keen. You yes. had a, a Twitter experience. You want to explain to us what happened there yesterday? Yeah. It was uh, big round ball rock news in the round ball rockosphere. <laughs> look, a lot of people came through from uh, a lot of round ball what the fuckers, round ball rocketeers. Uh, basically, I uh, Daryl Morey tweeted the answers to... Apparently, I think he had maybe made asked people to do this on Twitter. Yeah, he was running a contest. That it was, was just what's your favorite thing about rivers? Uh huh. Which is let's let me tell you this right now. Don't. It's the first time that has ever happened, <laughs> especially inside the Rivers household. But uh, yeah, he he threw in some answers. The best answer is ebb and flow of the offense. Great place to have Van down by. Now you only have to stick to lakes you're used to. 
Uh, Rivers runs through it. Other teams waited on him. He's too damn good. You can't step in the river twi- in the same river twice. Uh, Daryl Morey absolutely would uh, reacquire Austin Rivers as well, by the way. Um, anyway, he replied to my reply about the tweet, which is... What did you I mean, reply? <laughs> Uh, it's, well, I really liked that there was as much support from the fans about this. Basically, he just said, my response was, Mr. Mori, you are formally invited to appear on Round Rock Pod to discuss small ball musical, what a Steven Sondheim coach basketball team would look like, and as many Rivers puns as you want. And he wrote back, you caught it with an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think he is talking about uh, Stephen Sondheim. Yeah, I believe. there was a Sondheim reference in the Rivers thing, right? Yeah, I yeah, assumed yeah. that's what that was. I'm not a big enough nerd to know about Stephen Sondheim, but I am a big enough nerd, <laughs> which is part of why I mean, Daryl Dermory's Twitter bio is more than half Sondheim. His whole bio is just Houston Rockets general manager. Opportunity is not a lengthy visitor, which is a quote from Into the Woods, which. I got to say, is the first reason why Daryl Morey, general manager of the Houston Rockets, should be a guest on Round Ball Rock. Because I was in a high school production of Into the Woods, which is Daryl's favorite musical and quoted in his Twitter bio. Uh, I was so into my performance as the mysterious man in Into the Woods that my first college email handle was Mistman, M-Y-S-T-M-A-N. Um, now, Sean, did people understand that reference when you uh, when you got to college? Uh, no, they didn't. They thought it was the computer game missed. Mm-hmm. And then I had to explain uh, I was the 13th biggest character in a Broadway musical while I was in high. Sorry, in a famous musical that I was in in high school, a character that is so small, it did not make the film version that oh, came so out. Oh, so Corden didn't play him? <laughs> James, Corden, James Corden could do it, though. That guy can do anything. Hikens. Uh, uh, also, also could have had just S-E-A-N. dropped off. Yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, I didn't sweet. drop off. I was just I was just riveted by this story. I yeah. was going to ask Darryl you. Daryl Morey, go on Round Ball Rock. <laughs> some, of, some of you young people are probably thinking, shouldn't my social media handle be just my name, but let me just tell you, the early days of the internet were a different time where you want an obscure pun about a song lyric or a play you were in when you were 16 years old. I actually uh, have a really you. funny story about this. A friend of a friend of mine, when uh-huh. she signed up for AOL Instant Messenger, mm-hmm. got the handle Pavement Fan. Uh-huh. And it was gonna go through, but she went, No, 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 that's not cool. And wrote Pavement Fan six five seven. Yeah. Because she did not understand that those numbers were being generated because there were six hundred and fifty seven pavement fans and she would have been the first. I <laughs> so she would have been the actual first pavement fan. Yeah, like exactly. nobody had ever nobody had ever listened to that band before her. <laughs> yeah, she My college she yeah. heard about them before they were cool. <laughs> My uh, my college roommate was very upset because he chose uh, Aaron V, which was his first name and and initial, and then realized immediately he could have just been Aaron. And <laughs> so he was so disappointed. Hyken, have you had any embarrassing screen, na- screen names in your life? 
I was a little bit too late for the like most of the aim boom. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't remember what my my aim like I only had it for like two years before like everybody kind of stopped using it when I was in like middle school or high school. It probably had twenty one twelve on the end because I'm a massive rush fan and I was also back then. So mm. uh that's like that I that's I mean but, but this is definitely this is almost kind of the precursor though. Yeah. Oh for to, sure. This is a pre- by this the way precursor this- to uh getting like like trying to get a Twitter handle that you're like 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 I'll see like how Andre Iguodala has the Andre Twitter handle and like I'll bet he had to like get that from somebody. His I actually know the story of this. I don't know oh, why. You do? Yeah, yeah uh, apparently uh whoever owned Andre Andre Iguodala's agent paid the guy who owned Andre for the handle and gave it to Andre Iguodala for his birthday. How much did he pay him? That's that the part that I, I don't know. I bet it was he, a lot. <laughs> I would, I would, I would be holding out for like a, a decent amount of money. If, yeah, if, if you had Andre, yeah, I'd be calling Andre Three Thousands Camp. Like, hey, I've got an offer on Andre, and he's like, <laughs> I does Andre Three Thousand even have it? Does Andre Three Thousand even have a Twitter? There's no fucking well, way he has. No, a the, that's actually how he got his name. He signed up for. He was a very early. Uh, AOL user, but there were actually 2,999 Andres before him, and then he was like, alright, this is my my rap name now. <laughs> okay, okay, alright, sure, yeah, why not? I mean, that's isn't that isn't that how like isn't that how Donald Glover got his his uh his name? Didn't he like sign up like on one of those like, rap name generator things and like gave him Childish Gambino? Have you guys heard that story? I oh, that not, sounds, sounds right. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that. By the way, this is uh, two podcasts in a row where we've talked about Rush, which is <laughs> the first two times we have talked about Rush on Roundball Rock. Congratulations! I don't um, think it's the first two times we've talked about Rush. I'm in the first time. I think Rush right, was maybe talked- in the basketball tournament that Daniel Ralston decided. I don't think... Did they have five guys? Oh, no, right. It wasn't three-on-three. Three. Yeah, yeah I thought five. we had a three-on-three three tournament. But they got Are five. they going to get in the big three, maybe? Oh, uh, how would Rush fare at basketball? You think, Hyken? You're a big fan. Uh, I mean, I think I, I don't know. I, I, I think I think Getty Lee would would probably be like kind of like he he'd be like I mean he's got the he's got the long hair and he's Canadian. He'd be maybe like a Kelly Olynyk type of like pesky guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Here's my question: Could if they were playing three on two against the White Stripes, who would win? Oh, the White Stripes, one hundred percent. Yeah, Jack White would yeah. murder them. Um, also, Neil. Well, wait, 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 so what, 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 are, what, are, what are the rules though? Because I feel like Jack White would only play if you 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 have to only play with peach baskets, no three point line, no shot, <laughs> and everybody has to wear tux. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like bespoke uniforms that they made themselves, well, whatever. Like like only to the exact specifications of like the way that they when James Naismith came up with the first ever basketball game. Like that that's the only way that Jack White plays basketball. But I bet they'd. I bet he'd rack up a lot of fouls by people just like brushing against his garish hat. You know. Oh yeah. I don't yeah, think. Sure. He, I don't think Jack White's wearing the hat when he plays basketball. He's from Detroit, dude. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I, think, I think he's pretty committed to the hat. Maybe. I see. I think of early. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Sh- Sean Keen, continue with your Daryl Morey pitch. We got okay, way thank off you. track. Uh, sorry. Okay, so 
we can talk about Into the Woods. I'm a Miss Man from way back. Uh, we will, if Daryl Moore goes on, we will temporarily change our name to Small Ball Rock. We will. Or possibly permanently change it. We're open to negotiation. Um, <laughs> so, uh, somehow, we will get him a second round pick. Get uh, him an episode. I don't know get, how. It, get him to guest on Slammed Up, too. Yeah. He'd well, like I mean, that up. might be his that might be his preference. Yeah, he's allowed to be on Slammed Up if he wants to. Um, uh, I had I mean, a as thing... long as that's okay with with. Yeah, go ahead. I have a specific question I want to ask Daryl Morey. Who's yeah. the better pick and roll tandem? Gilbert and Sullivan or Rogers and Hammerstein? Oh, that's good. Uh, what if he. Yeah, I mean, he. Uh, I mean, look, as we know from watching Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, uh, W.S. Gilbert did the best frat humor of all time. Yeah, so, so funny. Such a yeah. funny. So, oh, uh, Joey, if Daryl Morey required a second round pick, a conditional second round pick, would you trade the ghost of Don Pardo to get that? No, but I would trade the robot. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, he's he's his contract's expiring anyway. Yeah. Um, How's the shooting motion? Is it repeatable? Oh, he's a robot, so it's super repeatable. It's like the most repeatable. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, and also, uh, we will also preview our presentation for next year's Sloan Conference. Uh, we've been working on this for months. Our presentation is called Analytics, How Inefficiencies in Ass-Eating Affect the Lower End of the Free Agent Market. It's true. Yeah. I have Speak so many... Sneak peek at that. I, I have been working on a keynote for that for like six months. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else you want to say about Daryl Morey, Sean? No, just just he seems like a good dude. Okay. I think he'd have a good time. That's I'm going to finish it up then. Daryl Morey, I know you're listening to this. Go mm-hmm. on Round Ball Rock. I promise you, I will only ask you questions about musicals. We won't talk about basketball at all, like NBA basketball. You won't get in trouble. Go on Round Ball Rock. Um, anyway, should we get to the news, fellas? This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. All right, our first story. Michael Beasley. He couldn't enter the game tonight because he had his practice shorts on by mistake. Not his regular shorts under his warm-ups. Mm-hmm. It's a... Extreme. And this is like the second time in two weeks is something because remember the Andrew Wiggins a couple of weeks yeah. ago, uh, like forgot to put his jersey on in, in a Timberwolves game. I think this is the game they got blown out by the Hawks. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and then uh, like he forgot. Like, so this is this is like, I don't know if, if last year was like because because so, remember last year was the first year that Nike had the jersey and like they would rip like every other week. There were like ten different instances of them yeah. ripping. This is like this is like this is if that was the if last year was the year of, of jerseys ripping during games. This is the year of players just forgetting to put their uniforms on. That uh, was versus, tight like, though. I'm into ripped jerseys. You know what I mean? I want to see like like I want to see somebody looking like the Incredible Hulk out there with like who do you who do you guys think fucked up? A lot of them happened like, on the very first night, right? Ah, uh, no, I think it continued for a couple of months before, like, Nike went back and, like... Oh, yeah. I just mean there were, like, two the very first night of the season. 
It's uh, like an excessive. It was like Ben Simmons at one point. I think he was like one of the first ones. Draymond's jersey ripped. Uh huh. For sure. LeBron's I, did for sure. Here's a question for you guys. Who, who, which player do you guys think would be the most likely to? Because you know now we've had a player forget his uh forget forget his jersey. We had a player now forget his uh shorts. Who do you think is the player most likely to just like forget to put on shoes before a game? Before <laughs> oh, this oh. is a really good question. I mean. I kind of think it's Michael Beasley, right? Like, I think he's not like enough of a hippie. I think is... that's what you really need is someone who's like, because you have to be someone who's like very comfortable being barefoot in the locker room. And for that reason, I would say Stephen Adams, because I feel oh. like Stephen Adams maybe doesn't even put his jersey on until like seconds before he enters the court. Because he's just like, you know, back where I'm from. Don't you think his feet are probably like essentially the soles of his feet are like the soles of regular shoes? I probably a lot of calluses on that. Yeah. yeah. I sure. mean, he did have like 18 brothers just like stepping on his feet all the time. Isn't that, wasn't that like debunked though? Was it? <laughs> I feel oh, like that he was doesn't have that many brothers and sisters. Well, no, he just like uh, like like there was this. I mean, you, you'd always hear like, oh, he had, you know he's one of eighteen kids. I, I feel like that was debunked recently. I'll have to look that up, but I feel like that was debunked. <laughs> wow. He has a he has a book that just came out. I gotta get it. Still, it turns it turns out they were all his ex wife, just like the white stripes. That's a white stripes joke, everyone. All right, um, Stephen Adams's joke is yeah, my life, my fight. <laughs> yeah. By the way, speaking of the Lakers, did you guys see Magic Johnson's tweet tonight after the game against OKC? No, please read it to me. <laughs> it's a, this is a quote from Magic Johnson's Twitter. Laker Nation, capital N. Like, so, so Laker Nation, mm-hmm. our young at Lakers grew up tonight with the victory over OKC, exclamation point. Is that true? <laughs> According to Magic Johnson, and by the way, the... Uh, the mentions to this tweet, the, the replies on this tweet are great. Cool story. Now go get at Aunt Davis 23. Uh, this one says, you're trading two of them, so don't even. Uh, keep the momentum on and beat the Beardman's team. Trade Ingram. Uh, please sign Bryce Harper to the Dodgers. Treat them like you treat the Lakers. Uh don't trade our 23 and younger players. Uh, what is uh, the upside of tweeting if you're the if you're in the front office? Because you know what happened to us on those Daryl Morey tweets? Last night, I was up really late at like 4 in the morning. And two people from China replied to like our replies to Daryl mm-hmm. Morey that were like, yeah. you need to get James Harden help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I also love the idea of like right 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 because because then you've also got like you know people tweeting at Magic Johnson like like you think Magic Johnson is going to look through his Twitter mentions and be like well you know I hadn't thought about trading for Anthony Davis before but this <laughs> egg avatar or like this Lakers Nation six nine six nine like with the Lakers logo like this person suggested I should trade for Anthony Davis I should maybe look into that. Mm-hmm. I could I could I mean maybe that's where some of Magic's signings this summer came from. Like cool well, signing of LeBron. Now go out and get us Lance Stevenson. Well, well, do you remember? Do you guys remember? Uh, I want to say this was like 2011 or 2012. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies signed uh, Gilbert Arenas like in in like March, 
of that year. This was like the last time he was in the league because it was like already after he had like washed out in Orlando mm-hmm. or whatever. But like, but like the the Grizzlies signed Gilbert Arenas, and then like somebody reported later that they got the idea to sign Gilbert Arenas because of like a true hoop, whatever the true hoop Grizzlies blog was back when like the true hoop network was actually a blog network. Like the true, mm-hmm. somebody, some random like kid who wrote for the true hoop uh, blog network, Grizzlies site had a article saying, Oh, they should, uh, they should sign Gilbert arenas. And somebody in the Grizzlies front office read it. And it was like, you know what? They make a good case. And then actually went out and signed <laughs> Gilbert arenas. like, that's actually a real thing that happened. See, was John Hollinger person- still kept as ESPN. No, this was, that's this, what was, that says. this was, this was before Hollinger got hired. This was before Hollinger. Yeah. I could see maybe Robert Pena. Was that before he Robert owned the Tara? Tara. You know, this was like right around the time he bought the team. Because remember, because like Larry Ellison was going to buy the team and move them to San Jose. And then Robert Pera came in and uh, bought the team. Yeah, that sounds right. Larry Ellison also was the one who was supposed to buy the Warriors. Uh, when they when they got when when Chris Cohen was selling yeah. them, <laughs> everyone said it was going to be Larry Ellison, and apparently he bid higher, but Joe Lacob uh, still won the bid because he was m- nicer to Chris Cohen. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, well, that would make him that, like a take it or leave it. That's worked out okay too. for the Warriors. Yeah. Oh yeah, I am definitely not complaining. Look, Larry Ellison does not seem cool. <laughs> no. I mean, not that Joe Lacob's cool, but at least he wasn't the one. Who uh, was helping that Theranos lady steal all those people's blood? I'm gonna look up this Gilbert because I I'm 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 100 like I'm like 99 percent sure that like they actually had it is like confirmed that a true hoop blog post that is so funny. was the impetus. For, hold on a second, I'm gonna. Uh, Wikipedia still has St- Stephen Adams as uh, having 17 siblings. By the way, oh well, in that case, uh, yeah. Uh, so by the way, what do Snopes have though, Sean? Yeah. Uh, they they got to get into it. So um, March 22nd, 2012. This is from the reputable LarryBrownSports.com. This is just the first thing where that came oh. up. Chris <laughs> Wallace said on the Chris Vernon show, uh, the idea came up a couple weeks ago. And he says, and then Chris Vernon uh, presses him on it. And he says, this is Chris Wallace, the GM of the Grizzlies. He says, I'm going to admit this. I'm going to come clean. I'll be honest about it. Okay. I'm in the office of president of basketball operations, Greg Campbell. He says, you ought to read this thing that's on a blog today. And I don't read the blog, (laughs) but but this guy wrote this case for Gilbert Arenas. And I read this and I read the thing and I said, Greg, you know something? This guy makes some sense. I thought about it and said, you know, we got to look into it a little further. So I call his agent up. I'm willing to admit it. I pride myself on being open minded. And you look at the finances involved and the group of players involved. And why not? That is incredible. I got to say, maybe this is what got John Hollinger hired. Yeah. Was that he had enough of a background to be like, you know what? (laughs) They were big fans of alleyoop.com. It was like, no, it wasn't Hollinger. It wasn't like any of the actual ESPN. It wasn't like Henry Abbott. It it wasn't any of like the actual. Oh, I this get the like, story, Sean. I'm just saying it's also funny that they then hired John Holland. Yeah, that they like were just later. like, that we need somebody who who has used a computer for good and isn't like logging in through AOL. <laughs> this guy <laughs> knows the blogs. <laughs> um, so Michael Beasley did not wear his correct shorts. And then. The Lakers won. That means he has to do it every game from now on, right? Oh, he 100%. has to just pick a different pair of uh, a different type. Of, like he has to like I don't I don't remember like offhand if he wears a shooting sleeve or not, but he has to like maybe not wear a shooting sleeve. He has to not wear like those compression whatever. 
Uh, he's a headband guy. Maybe, maybe don't wear it. Don't wear a headband one game. What if he just decides he's playing without underwear the rest of the season? Come on, dude. There's no way he's wearing underwear anyway. That's why (laughs) you didn't know that he had the wrong pair of shorts on. (laughs) Um, Michael Beasley is the most free balling NBA player (laughs) for sure, dude. Do you guys do you guys remember that uh like like two saw two off seasons ago I think this was like right before he signed with the Knicks where like there was a photo of Michael Beasley walking down the street in New York and he had Apple watches on both of his ankles. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys remember this? Don't, but I mean checks out. <laughs> Are you okay, Joey? Yeah, that, no, no, I'm not. I'm dead. You killed me. I can... Um, <laughs> all right. I guess this means I'm the new temporary host of Round Ball Rock. <laughs> oh, congratulations, Sean Hyken. Uh, I think you need to start prepping for that Daryl Morey interview right now. <laughs> Do you guys think Daryl Morey, like, I mean, like Daryl Morey, like, I, I'll be the first to admit I'm not like a musical theater person at all. But like, do you do you think do you think Daryl Morey like? appreciates Hamilton or likes Hamilton or if he like he hears everybody talk about Hamilton and is just like man come on watch a real musical I think he talked to Zach Lowe about liking Hamilton on I think he I bet he thinks it I'm sure he likes it but I bet he uh also thinks it's overrated it was he definitely he probably like he definitely likes in the heights better than Hamilton yeah he for sure talked about he talked to Zach Lowe about it though after Zach Lowe complained about his home life for like 45 minutes before Asking well, the question. <laughs> also, he he really likes Sondheim, so I'm sure he likes uh, the lyrical style of Hamilton. Uh, yeah, you know who doesn't? I'll take, I'll take your word for it. I like Hamilton is like legitimately the only musical I've seen. You know who doesn't like the lyrical stylings of Hamilton? A mortal technique who once threw Lin Manuel Miranda in a garbage can. True story. Look it up. All right. Um... <laughs> that's, that's pretty uh, good. <laughs> Michael Beasley said that uh, he was finding a new balance by wearing an Apple Watch on his leg. And he also said he wore a burgundy dress from Zara because he was inspired by his favorite rapper, Young Thug. Yeah, that's definitely Michael Beasley out. fucking rules, dude. Um, I mean, he's using 11% of his brain, Joey. He's like a more he's like a more benevolent version of uh of like uh of, of like of like Gilbert Arenas basically just yes. like because you remember like Gilbert yeah. he's like he's like a more like 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 Gil, like Gilbert Arenas has like has like I mean he was like he had this kind of quirky funny dude like you know during his playing career and then he's kind of shown himself now to be like eh, you know maybe not the greatest dude you know yeah. from the gun stuff and then you know some of this other stuff and he's like had some comments about different things that are like have not been great Michael Beasley is just like the happy go lucky not problematic version of Gilbert yeah you, like Michael Beasley would never pick a fight with Joe Mandy you know what I mean because he stole his jokes. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a thing that he happened. Didn't, he didn't steal Joe Mandy's. No, jokes. no, he Joe stole... Mandy just yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I remember I remember back when I was in college, I was like like I was like telling one of my my college roommate about Gilbert Arenas. And so I pulled up Gilbert Arenas' Wikipedia page and like this is nowhere. This is not on because this, this was pre guns. So this was before like everybody kind of turned on Gilbert Arenas this was before the Javars Crittenden thing. And I remember at the time there was like a whole section of Gilbert Arenas' Wikipedia page called Gilbertology, which was just like a list of the weird, you know, quirky stuff he did. And one of them was. There were many media reports. Uh, I'll never forget this. There were many media reports that Gilbert Arenas was addicted to online poker and would play online poker uh, oh, yeah. games. But in reality, he was asked about it and said that it was actually a DVD game, not online poker. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like that was all that was a line on it. That was on his Wikipedia page. Great. <laughs> He's a cool guy. <laughs> Um, all right, we should move on to our next story. Yeah, uh, this is, I did want to bring up that Luke Walton has now saved his job for eight more days. So, though, congratulations. Yeah, because the kids grew and, up. He's uh, going he's gonna, to he's gonna survive until LeBron uh, gets back. He's and then, a dad yeah, they're going to lose, they're going to lose like two games before, they're going to lose like two games with LeBron back and then, and then they're going to pull the trigger. You can, you can tell that the Lakers got, were killing them on the boards too, because Westbrook finished with nine rebounds. And he he didn't manage to get the triple double like that's true dominance. If you can keep Westbrook, <laughs> the trip uh, baby. Um, all right. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we here at Roundball Rock are the 77th most popular professional sports podcast in Senegal. That's the Vladimir Radmanovich number, baby. I know it's it's the Luka Doncic number. I wonder if that's yeah. a coincidence. Yeah. But Stay anyway. Woke. We are gunning for that number one spot to use a movie that stars Michael Beasley. Um, so, Sean, what's our Senegal news today? All right. Well, last week, uh, Dakar Senegal hosted the CAF Awards, which is for uh, the African Soccer Foundation. The whole continent, uh, you know, they have the African Cup, the award ceremony. Very exciting. The winner was uh, Mohamed Salah of Liverpool. He repeated as the African Player of the Year. Um, that is a travesty. Yeah. Sadio Mane of Liverpool. Sadio Mane of Liverpool. <laughs> yes. His teammate. Um, he definitely should have been the Player of the Year. Yeah. Salah is uh, what Greg Easterbrook would call a glory boy. <laughs> He likes to get the 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 goals, but yeah, Mane is the heart of the team. He should have been the winner. He's Round Ball Rocks African Player of the Year. So congratulations. Uh, also congratulations to His Excellency Mackie Saul, the president of Senegal, for winning the Platinum Award, mm-hmm. and to first team All African defender Kaladu Koulibaly. Yeah. Congratulations. Napoli. All right, that's so, your Senegal. I'm, I'm, log- I'm logging into a I'm logging into a VPN right now to make it look like I'm from Senegal, and then <laughs> I'm going to subscribe and rate view uh, yes. Round Ball Rock. Also, please cast a vote for His Excellency Maggie Saul, <laughs> the virtually unopposed president of Senegal running for re-election. Um, is he is he like problematic, or is or is like are, are oh, we like no, unknown? Definitely not. Uh, There's no, he's nothing fantastic. problematic he's in Senegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he rules. Senegal's the greatest. We love Senegal. Everything about Senegal. Um, I believe he's known as the Abraham Lincoln of Senegal. <laughs> I sell. I mean, I celebrate Akon's entire discography. 
Um, all right, the, our real top story, honestly, we should have, we've talked for 33 minutes before getting to this, but uh-huh. Kyrie Irving called LeBron James to apologize while he was at dinner with Kevin Love. Okay. Uh, quote, here's what Kyrie said. I apologized for being that young player that wanted everything at his fingertips, and I wanted everything at my threshold, and I wanted to be all that and the responsibility of being the best in the world, and leading your team is something that is not meant for many people. Braun was one of those guys who came to Cleveland and tried to show us how to win a championship. Yeah, well, so he then was you guys- one of those guys who came to Cleveland and tried to show them. <laughs> one of LeBron, one of those, you know, LeBron-like guys. Hiken, what were you gonna say? Well, did you guys did you guys see the the the, the scene setting uh, stuff that came out afterwards? I did. Oh not. yeah. So, uh, uh, so uh, this is from Joe Varden at uh, the Athletic. Uh, he 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 writes this article that basically said that uh, LeBron and Kevin Love were having dinner at an Italian restaurant mm-hmm. in L.A. when LeBron looked down at his phone and saw that he had a missed call. And it was Kyrie. Wow. And then, like, earlier today, like, this article comes out, and then earlier today, Kevin Love tweets at Joe Varden and is like, hey, he showed me, the, the call was before that. I never looked at anybody's phone. And this is, like, Kevin Love, like, told told Joe Varden on the record that this is what happened, and then... uh <laughs> And then he and then he tweeted and deleted like a thing saying that's not actually what happened. So there's like uh-huh. some mystery about whether this actually happened. Right. Like, was it really a missed call? I mean, look, the journalistic standards of the athletic are unimpeachable. So I'm going to believe that Kevin Love is a liar here. <laughs> no comment. Um, <laughs> I, I, I extremely have no comment about this. This is this is so weird and hilarious that Kyrie said it like that because essentially what he's saying is he's he apologized to his teammates from calling them out Mm -hmm. and then basically said well LeBron called out his teammates and that won them the championship so he's both so he's essentially negating his initial apology and uh, he's kind of making himself equivalent to LeBron right isn't that well? This is, just, like- this is just this is just so <laughs> passive aggressive. Like he basically was just like he didn't even like he isn't he isn't even saying like oh oh I uh you know these these you know I I you know I apologize to my teammates. He's really really he's really more saying like yeah I, I like he's making he's making it about LeBron. Right. That's like, the oh, thing yeah. about this that's amazing is like like he's Kyrie like he's learned, like. Cause, like He's gone full galaxy brain where he's well, like, here's the thing. well, here's the thing. This is, this is exactly how LeBron would handle this exact situation. Like, 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 obviously like, you know, LeBron is, you know, such an exceptional, you know, outlier in, in literally every sense of, and sense of everything that like, there's nobody like the, like LeBron was mentored by that. Now he's going to, you know, you know, understand his wisdom later. But like, if LeBron were going to, you know, walk back some criticisms that he made of uh, his teammates, he would do it in the exact same way. He would be like, you know, let's just say hypothetically, like, yeah, you know, uh, I called Kobe and I asked yeah. him for leadership advice and he and he told me this. And so this is what I'm doing. Like, like, by he the way, made- I finally buried the hatchet with Pat Riley. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, okay, yeah, 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 that's exactly what it would be. He'd be like, yeah, you know, I uh, 
uh, you know, I, I called Pat Riley <laughs> and we just, uh, you know, he and I talked about it and I told him, I'm sorry for trying to get you fired or trying to get her expulsor fired uh, my first year in Miami. And so now, now I, now I regret undermining David Blatt or like what, uh-huh. whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I'm going to get Luke Walton fired right, exactly. <laughs> because he's doing both things. He's like, ah, you know, I'm really sorry. I called out my teammates like that, but also I'm going to continue doing that. And I'm going to both blame LeBron, excuse my, and excuse myself from five years ago. <laughs> what, what's Kyrie going to do next? I mean, I, I've got to say, real quick, again, I know I defended Kyrie earlier this week already, but I want to do it again, because so many media, Boston media people today were like, Kyrie knew he was wrong, he's making it all about him, and it's like, he's the only one playing well. Like, I'd be frustrated too, like, yeah, you probably shouldn't be calling out your, your teammates Every single day, but like, I mean, well, the under talked about thing about all there. about this about the Celtics uh, struggling the way that they uh, that they have is like all these guys like how are they going to trade for Anthony Davis now? Like, like is Jalen Brown like an Anthony Davis centerpiece type of player well, at this point? Jason Tatum is still a zygote, so don't forget he's about really that. Young he's a really lot young of people yeah. talk about He's he's so young that. It's like sometimes I'm like, is it even legal to talk about him on a podcast? Like, <laughs> don't we need like parental consent? It just seems unethical to be discussing a literal child. So yeah, but also the next Larry Bird. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. Look, the funny thing about if we're gonna bring up Anthony Davis. The funny thing we all know about Anthony Davis is it's actually LeBron is deciding where Anthony Davis goes. So I don't think it's going to be the Celtics no matter what the package is, right? Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> somehow uh, Le- it's totally cool that LeBron owns a sports agency. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to mess up Hyken's access here. So let's what it on what it feels what it feels like to me though, like with that one is like the NBA is almost like we forgot we didn't really think that this could happen that a player could also own a sports agency. <laughs> well, see here's so, so here's we didn't my, make it illegal. Well, so here's my so here's my theory on this whole thing. This is a this is and this is this is a take from the legendary lost episode of take it or break it oh wow oh oh thank god because no one ever talks about that (laughs) yeah so this is this is this is i I actually i actually this is not the first time i've run this back because i made this my sports person of the year thing on a different episode of take it or break it but uh my theory when we because we were like when the lakers anthony davis that was first starting was around the time that we recorded the lost episode of tob and so i posited the theory then that the lakers thing that like the idea that oh because LeBron uh, and Anthony look like, like because Anthony Davis signed with with Clutch like LeBron wants him on the Lakers, that's a false flag. And what's really happening is they're gonna get Anthony Davis onto a different 
you know, big market team so that they can just spread around the clutch influence mm-hmm. throughout the league. Like I will, I'm going to get like, and I, I have since expounded on this, uh, not publicly, but I'm going to, I guess, you know, since I like you guys, I'm going to go on record and, and, you know, make my prediction oh, now. Hell yeah, dude. I, oh, okay. Wow. This, All this right. is an, ex- this is not a take it or break it lost episode rehash. This is exclusive new, new material right here. Oh right? no, I just okay. lost this episode. So, <laughs> so they've got, so they've, they've got Ben Simmons in Philly. Mm-hmm. They've got, uh, they theoretically, if he's ever healthy again, they've got John Wall in Washington. <laughs> well, that's they've a got, big get. <laughs> they've got, they've got one of, they've got a guy in Milwaukee alongside Giannis with Eric Bledsoe. Okay. They are going to get like, they're going to get Anthony Davis into a big market. Like they're going to get him to Boston. They're going to get him somewhere. That's not LA. I will bet Zion Williamson is going to sign with Clutch, mm-hmm. and then New York or Chicago is going to magically win the draft lottery. So they're mm-hmm. going to have a guy in either New York or Chicago who's going to be like the next superstar. So LeBron will also be rigging the draft <laughs> as well as free agency. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, totally. And so like eventually, basically the way the way that this is all going to work is like let's say Anthony Davis goes to Boston. Let's say they win a championship before LeBron's Lakers ever do. Then you know LeBron. Like, then you know LeBron will still benefit from one of his guys winning a championship with Clutch, or w- 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 one of the Clutch guys winning a championship. And then eventually, this is all going to culminate in like twenty years in Maverick Carter uh, succeeding Adam Silver as commissioner of the NBA, and it's going to be the National LeBron Association. Wow. Will they uh, like excommunicate the Golden State Warriors? <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. This is this is this is this is this is three dimensional chess. Yeah, they're right gonna here. Seattle, Golden State. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the one place they don't have anybody. In well, the- hey, I mean, if Kevin Durant sticks around long enough, then you know maybe he can retire in Seattle. Wow. See, I just brought this all full. So I just brought the last like like twenty years of the league full circle here. All right, I'm gonna bet. $10,000 on this, Sean. So if it doesn't work out, you owe me $10,000. On what? Just Maverick Carter being commissioner of the NBA in 20 years. I mean, was, was LeBron rigging the draft lottery in advance of his return to Cleveland when he was still in Miami? Uh, I mean, I, mean I, I have three out of four. Well, wait, like, so are the Cavs who's, so, so are the Cavs going to get, basically what, what what's going to happen is like, I don't know, because like I, I think I think they need the clutch needs a presence in New York or Chicago, and they need like a like a significant player. So mm-hmm. I think you know they they need they need one of those two cities to get the to get Zion. But if Cleveland gets Zion, then that's going to just set up you know LeBron Junior getting drafted by the Cavs, and then LeBron playing there the last year of his career. So it's going to be the big three of LeBron, LeBron Junior, and Zion. <laughs> well, he also he would also be evoking uh, a player who had a very similar body type when he played for the Cavaliers, uh, Sean Kemp. So that should be good. <laughs> The two heaviest power forwards in NBA history. Orlando Magic icon, Sean Kemp. Portland Trail Trail Blazers icon, Sean Kemp. Portland Trail Blazers, yeah. Uh, Um, Sean, you have a note about this Kevin Love LeBron dinner. Yes, just because this is round ball rock and we have to cover this. um, It's interesting that Kevin Love and LeBron James were eating dinner together because two years ago, Mm -hmm. Kevin Love became very sick upon eating some bad sea bass. Which, as we know, is LeBron James's favorite food, right. and now Dwayne Wade's favorite food. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Love got very sick, and he lost ten pounds. Uh, but he's still eating with LeBron, so that just shows how charismatic, what a good leader LeBron is. Uh, or he just ordered the sea bass, 
Kevin Love looked uncomfortable and LeBron <laughs> told him to fit in or fit out. Fish in or fish out, maybe. Uh, James um, Harden, also, yeah. I saw this on, I found this on the just as reliable a website as chartable.com. Mm. Uh, starsinformer.com, my favorite website. Yeah. Uh, James Harden's favorite food is also sea bass. Yeah, well. So... We're here. If you if you are out there and you have any NBA related sea bass news, mm-hmm. please let us know at Round Rock Pod on Twitter dot com. Dave Schilling is, did ask it, Wayne Wade directly about this. He did. <laughs> the podcast is actually now called Sea Bass Rock. I mean, if if LeBron or Dwayne Wade wants to come on, we would rename it there. <laughs> um. No, I have a no players rule, remember? The only player we're allowed to have on is Jack Cooley or Anthony Randolph. That's mm-hmm. a rule. We'll have any GM on, though. Would you have Luka Doncic on? No. Uh, Grantland Jr., I don't want to make him listen to any more songs about himself. Those yeah. made me too uncomfortable. Um, should we talk about Dennis Smith Jr., you guys? Yeah, I guess so, right? So the Dennis Smith Jr. story has gotten stranger today, where before, earlier this week, we all thought it was the Mavs who were uh, who wanted to trade uh, Dennis Smith Jr., but now it turns out that Dennis Smith Jr. is the one who wants the trade from the Mavs, and the Mavs don't want to trade him. Well, and the Mavs were... It was it was rumored that the Mavs were shopping him, and they kind of made up a back injury. Right. Uh, but now it it turns out that is not the case. Dennis Smith Jr. wants out. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's had enough. <laughs> so he's boycotting playing for Rick Carlisle right now. Uh, is that what this is? His new his new thing is that he apparently has a stomach virus and. Apparently, it's about as legit as the back injury. Hiken, what is the uh, what's your go to illness when you're calling in sick to work and you're lying? Just go sore throat because then it's really easy to just kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh. change your voice up and they can't tell you that you're lying. Keen, what's yours? Uh, food poisoning. I specifically blame sea bass when I do it too. <laughs> totally. <laughs> just to see if they're listeners. <laughs> See, I like a, uh, uh, I like just a full on, just like, I like to be really specific about whatever the illness I decide is, where it's like just something they really don't want to hear about, where I'm like, I've been bleeding out of my anus for three yes. days. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's just, uh, that, that girl I met, la- I thought it was a woman I met last night, uh, but it was. <laughs> It's a crazy experience. Uh, hello? And then they're like, you know, why don't you take the rest of the week off? Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. Um, so my first question about Dennis Smith, you guys, that isn't sickness related, is uh, is Dennis Smith good enough to demand a trade? No, of course not. <laughs> I don't think he's good enough to demand, like, a number or a certain seat on the team plane. Is he is he the worst player to demand a trade though? No, no. Who, who, I, who, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like looking at his cable subscription and was like, "Can I look at on demand?" And they're like, "You don't have access to that. You need to play better." Um, what would he? Who's worse that's demanded a trade? 
That's it's weird. Well, Sa- well, Sa- well, Sasha Pavlovich held out for a contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say yes. Danny, maybe Danny Ferry. That's like the closest I can think. Um, where he, he demanded, demanded a trade, a trade from, from the, Clippers. the Clippers. Yeah, which ended up being amazing for the Clippers because they got Ron Harbor. Yeah. And not a balding 21-year-old. Hmm. Yeah, I can't think of... All, yeah, he... You know what, Danny Ferry, I gotta say, doesn't have enough African in him. <laughs> he needs to visit Senegal, I think. Well, hey, Luol Dang is from Sudan. That's that's hey, not don't, Senegal. Don't, yeah, yeah. Don't pull a. Um... You can't. You can't. You can't group all. You can't. Yeah, group don't all Gladwell different. us. I Luol Dang was was from Senegal. I just said Danny Ferry should go there. I know. I'm. I'm everybody, well, everybody should go to Senegal. Yeah, it's a beautiful I mean, it, place. But, uh, yeah. Even though Malcolm Gladwell thinks that South Africa is the same. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's probably Danny Ferry. He's worse than Dennis Smith, I think. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of hard to tell Mm -hmm. how good Dennis Smith actually is, right? Well, he's a guy that, like, you know, you know, he looked really good at summer league, and he had his moments last year, and like, but but it's like, okay, it's it's one of those whole things where it's like, you know, who. uh, you know, is is he is he going to actually be a good player, or is he going to be the kind of guy who like puts up really good numbers on a bad team and like a six man? Is he mm-hmm. going to is he going to be like like like? And it's one of those things. I mean, here's the thing though: he's so young. Like, I I don't I don't want to like say, oh, this is what what this guy is. This is what his career is going to be. I don't want to like just give up on a guy this you know this early. But it does seem like he can't really like him and Doncic isn't really a great fit next to each other. So like maybe they should trade him and get you know a fresh start. I don't know. To me, it seems too early to do well, any of that. I agree, but the thing is, he's the one who's I know. demanding the trade. So it's like, I feel like all of that's... Okay, this is what I think is a little questionable. Dennis Smith Jr. in college got mad at his coach and like didn't play defense and was on a terrible team. So like, this is, two in, this is twice in, in the last two and a half years that Dennis Smith has gotten upset at the coaching situation. And sulked about it. That's I, not a great sign. I have a counter, though. Um, Sean, uh, would you enjoy playing for Rick Carlisle as a point guard? I mean, no. <laughs> but but I, like, would you? Which, I mean, the only point guard that's ever like gotten along well with Rick Carlisle is basically Jason Kidd, the title like, year, right? Even they even didn't that get along. While, yeah. <laughs> I mean, J.J. Barea got along with him well. Yeah, he's Rick Carlisle's Kirk Heinrich. um he he, i mean i get i get that it's probably not that much fun to play with rick carlo but i just wonder if like his agent can't be happy about this yeah i don't know i mean it's always interesting to see like to anyone (laughs) it's always interesting to see kind of what you know what gets reported because like of of course of course the mavericks are gonna say you know we want to reconcile things with dennis smith we want to you know make this work because if they say that oh you know yeah you know we have we have to trade him we're trying to trade him uh then they have no leverage because everybody's going to know that they have to trade him. But if so, if they at least like pay lip service to, oh, you know, we we were trying to make this work, we might keep him just for appearances' sake. Then maybe if a team really wants him, then they up their offer. Yeah, it feels like he's blowing up the chance to trade him to get traded, though. Mm-hmm. Well, but we thought. I mean, on the one hand, we thought Jimmy Butler was doing the same thing, and then Minnesota ended up getting a pretty good deal for him. But on the other hand, that's Jimmy Butler. True. 
Um, this is kind of like if Stefan Marbury asked to be traded from the Kevin Garnett Timberwolves immediately instead of having the like one or two cool years they had. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would probably at this point, though, I would be betting against Dennis Smith becoming a star for sure. I mean, it's not I wouldn't give up on him. I certainly would just hold on to him for a while if I could. My favorite maps, but my favorite suggestion that I've seen is the Frank Natilikina one. Yeah, because it's like trading to because Natilikina like. I think good... he I think he's also a guy like I think he could be good in the right situation, but it's clearly not going to happen for him in New York. Right. He just can't be on the ball like he's not a good enough ball handler. Right. And, and so you play him with Luca and he can you can he right. can come over defensively. The Knicks took Frank above Dennis Smith Jr., right? One pick ahead of him. Right. But that was that was that was a fill pick, though. That wasn't the current regime. Uh, OK. Well, yeah, then then that I mean, that. It it does feel like Tim Hardaway Jr. would be a good fit in Dallas, and it doesn't it doesn't it seem like they're trying to get someone who was signed past this year in the deal? Eh, I don't know. Well, the thing is, they're trying to unload the Wesley Matthews contract, and that's like eighteen million. So there's only but yeah. so many guys that you can take right, back that are also expiring. Like you basically you're, you're looking at like Enos Cantor and Jabari Parker as like your two expiring con. And I don't really see them wanting either one of those guys. But what's the, what's, what's the hurry to dump those guys? Like his contract's expiring, right? Yeah, but I don't know. I think see, they, that's, they, that's the thing that doesn't make sense to me is well, that like, they, but, but I think it's also this... just like a thing of like, they're not going to resign him and they don't want to just like, let him walk for nothing. So they want to try to get something for him or you want to, I don't know. It's very, hearing them insist on attaching Wes Matthews or J.J. Barea in this Dennis Smith deal because to me it's like well if you're not trying to get someone who's going to be there past the season why why do you care like look I came like these up guys with have the best trade games for left this. on their let's deals. be honest guys the best trade they could do right now is to take back both Mike Conley and Marcus Saul <laughs> and give up DeAndre Jordan's expiring contract, Wes Matthews's expiring contract, and Dennis Smith Jr. I actually think just like just a smaller version of that where it's just Mike Conley and Wes Matthews and you'd leave the centers out of it. I actually because like I don't know that that Gasol contract it has like three like Gasol's claiming he's opting out now. Remember that report came out the same day. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I would I would just do the I mean, look, it's going to be incredible when Dennis Smith Jr. gets to Memphis, finally outside of the oppressive boot of Rick Carlisle and leads the <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies to the playoffs. Um, all right, Sean, you want to get to our next story here? Let's do our next story. Uh, uh, well, I did. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about is, Joel Embiid, right? Do yeah, I guess. I guess that's true. I did, oh, I did want to ask Hyken about, do you actually think the Sacramento Kings are trying to trade for Harrison Barnes? I don't. And if so, fit. like, what is Dallas doing? I don't think that's a terrible fit for for Sacramento. And I, and I, and I actually would rather do that because, like, the, the thing I'm worried about with Sacramento is, and, like, like you could kind of see this coming a mile away just, like, with that organization's track record. Like, okay, have this year where they're supposed to, you know, where they were supposed to be terrible and they're actually respectable and they're like in the mix for the playoffs. I'm really worried that this summer they're going to be like, uh, 
you know, oh, well, we just need to sign, you know, one or two more guys. And it's going to, it's, I'm worried it's going to be like the Blazers uh, in 2016, the summer. Like, 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 oh, like, yeah. Like, you know, like LaMarcus Aldridge left and, you know, they, they lost, like, like they turned over like most of their team and they, everybody thought they were going to be rebuilding. And then they actually made the playoffs that year. And then they made the second round just because, like, all the Clippers good players got injured. Uh-huh. And Neil Olsen basically just lost his mind and was just like, hey, look, we, you know, we, we, we made the second round of the playoffs. We're a contender. We need to pay Evan Turner. Uh, $72 million. Like I'm worried that Sacramento is going to do the same thing. If they just have all this cap space this summer in free agency, they're going to sign like, God, I don't know. Like who's, who's like a free, like they're going to sign like Rudy Gay or they're going to bring DeAndre Rudy Gay. Jordan. That would be right. incredible. Well, right. No, no, yeah. 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 DeAndre Jordan. They're going to sign DeAndre Jordan to like a $90 million contract or something. Like mm-hmm. they're going to just like take this one year where it's like, okay, they actually were better than expected. And then just like completely blow it by making all these terrible signings. I think like getting a guy like Harrison Barnes, where you know he has signed for one more year after this year, mm-hmm. and he's a good player. Like he's over. Like you could say, is he overpaid? Sure, but he's a good yeah. player. Like he like he's a good player. He would help them. And you know you can take on some money for next year. Take yourselves out of free agency. Don't make any bad long term decisions. Like I actually wouldn't hate that for them. Doesn't he feel like a Sacramento King waiting to happen too? Like he's, yeah. he's yes. like, absolutely. You know, he's a Bay area seven he and he's a Sacramento 10. He and like the black yeah. would kill the, I'm a pizza guy. Line read. Uh-huh. Like oh, black. Oh, Falcons, totally. No, like, no. Harrison Barnes is like, I mean, he, he, he's exactly the kind of guy who should like, I mean, he's been pretty, he's been pretty decent on this Dallas team. Like people kill him because of his contract, but he's, you know, in what he know he knows what he is as a player. He, you know, he's, he plays his role. He's a good teammate, like a good, like, like, He's the kind of guy that, like, the small market fans in Sacramento, like, they would be like, oh, you know, they, they, they would they would embrace him, I feel like. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, there's somebody in Sacramento who's going by the Black Falcon right now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Also politically ambitious, and it's in the state capital. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, Look, Sean. he needs to get to the Kings. All right, Sean Keen. Yes. Walk us through our final story. Joe okay. Embiid trolling the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, the Sixers killed the Timberwolves and afterwards Joel Embiid tweeted it was an honor to be part of the third stringers and get a win against real NBA starters which is a reference to Jimmy Butler's insane practice Mm -hmm. when he led a team of third stringers over the starters uh, verbally abused the entire management structure of the Timberwolves and uh, insisted that Carl Anthony Towns try to score on him on a post up. Uh so he basically is He's sucking up to Jimmy he's Butler. Sucking up to Jimmy Butler. Which <laughs> I gotta say, probably a smart move overall. And uh, you know, that's a funny way to troll the Timberwolves. But uh it definitely it definitely felt like he's sucking up to Jimmy Butler. You know he had that like ready to go too. like he had oh, like yeah. he had he had he had already spent like 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 he, he had already like run that caption past like like all the different guys and like he ran that past Jimmy for sure. He ran that past like every like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know who he runs like all of his social media stuff by. I don't th- I don't think I don't think he just like does stuff by himself completely on the fly. I'm sure he has like a group text with like some people where he's just like, Hey, is it, would this be a funny tweet? Would this be a, cause, cause I mean, we all, who among us hasn't workshopped a tweet in a group DM For before sure, we, dude. Send it out. Like Joe LMB definitely has like a group DM that he workshops this stuff. And so I he definitely it's a like, bunch of teens. Don't you think Joe LMB <laughs> like pays <laughs> some teens? Like, 
hey, help me roast, help help me be fire on the internet. <laughs> it's like guys who have made him Shirley Temples in the past. Yeah, no, totally. Like, 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 like his post made surly. Cause, cause have you guys, have you guys, you guys know what my, like, have, I'm sure you guys, did you guys read the Jonathan Abrams, uh, Boys Among Men book? I did, yeah. Well, I listened to so, it. So like, you know the story I'm talking about here, right? Like, story? my favorite, my favorite Joel Embiid story of all time. This is from that book. But, uh, basically, like, the summer, like, that Joel Embiid was preparing for the draft, he was staying with Arn Tellum and his wife, like, in their house. And at one point, he, uh, Learned how to use Postmates or Seamless. He like you learn how to use one of those uh, those those services, and he, what he would do is he would start like he would order an appetizer from one place, an entree from one place, a drink from another place, like a dessert from, and just like have you know all these different orders coming to him and just building a meal from different places. That's that was like one of the greatest stories I've ever read. Yeah, it's awesome. So like so like what I'm saying is like all his Postmates delivery people, he just like kept their numbers and like the what you know the ones that like. You know, we're like, oh, you're Joel Embiid. Like, like he would be like, oh, oh, cool. Like, I will, you know, like text you guys. Like, hey, would this be a funny Instagram? What should I make my Instagram location yeah. on this picture of me, like posterizing, you know, whoever? So, jo- so well, so Joel Embiid definitely like, had this ready to go. This, uh, this, this, this burn, this sick burn on the Timberwolves. Like, like as soon as, like, I, I think, I think as soon as, like, the, 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 the Timberwolves practice happened, like Joel Embiid, like he's, like, he's so <laughs> online. And he's so in tune with this stuff that when that practice, like before the trade even happened, like when Jimmy went back to practice and did this, like the, the, the playing with the third strings and did the interview with Rachel Nichols, the gears started turning in Joel and beat oh, 10. Yeah. I'm sure he wrote this initially for when he beat the Timberwolves. Well, no, well, but also like, I think he probably like had some idea that like, maybe they were going to get in the mix on these trade talks of Miami. <laughs> Because I think it was like just Miami, really, that the Timberwolves were talking to at the time, and I think like they, like he kind of like you know he, he, these guys read Twitter, these guys see the rumors, like they see that like these guys have the Woj alerts turned on just like everybody else, like they see that you know maybe Miami isn't stepping up their offer. So I'm sure in the back of Joel Embiid's head, he's like, hey, you know, maybe we'll get in the mix for Jimmy Butler, uh, maybe we'll you know do this trade, and then if that happens when they play the Timberwolves, I got a burn ready to go. Yeah, that story all checks out to me for sure um now hiking you covered jimmy butler in chicago i did and uh i want to see if if a jimmy butler story checks out with you as someone who uh covered jimmy butler so he had an as told to story as told to mark spears in the undefeated today uh i didn't i didn't see this but i'm gonna read you some quotes Okay. Uh, someone asked him if he knew how many number 30 picks made it to their second contract. And he said, quote, but I got mad. I took it as disrespect. I work incredibly hard. I know I belong. Uh, by the way, they almost certainly were complimenting him. Yeah, because. <laughs> but well, Jimmy the... did look it up and there are not a lot that get a second contract. Apparently. Well, see, here's see, here's how if this were really going to be fully Jimmy, uh, what he would have had to say if somebody asked him, do you know how many number 30 picks got their second contract? He would just he would be like, no, I didn't know that because I'm in the gym too much. I don't even like pay attention to what number. <laughs> I am. Like he's really big. on. I, I, I like like two weeks ago, I on NBA TV, there was this uh 
interviews like it was like a Kevin Garnett Area 21 like sit down interview with Jimmy Butler and no and like Garnett asked him like a bunch of different questions and every single one of Jimmy's answers which as somebody who covered him this is like super on brand for him he's just like man you know I just want to win like I just want to win so badly that's why I'm in the gym all the time like this like I I like Jimmy Jimmy you know I just to be clear Jimmy works his ass off and obviously Jimmy to be the number 30 pick and come from where he came from and get to where he is like Jimmy worked extremely hard to get where he is. Oh, I've, I've but heard Jimmy also, Butler say that 20 or 30 times. Well, that, but, that's, well, but that's the thing. I mean, Jimmy does work extremely hard, but Jimmy also is huge on making sure everybody knows how much, how much harder he works than everybody else. Like that's like, that's his head. That's his, that's his brand. All right. King, do you have another quote? That, just to be clear. Yeah. I'm not saying that as a bad oh, thing. Yeah. That's oh yeah. Oh, for sure. No, it's just, it's just when you bring it up in every single interview, it's not like he's new to the league. You know what I mean? Like, like we, we've gotten the you know, Jimmy Butler story that you like. That it's, you, that it's you an incredible story, by the way. He was basically homeless when he was a teenager, and then he was the number seventy-four ranked shooting guard out of the state of Texas in his high school class. It is an amazing story. Look, look, he took it as disrespect, Hyken. He works yeah. incredibly hard, and he knows he belongs. Yeah, absolutely. Keen, uh, uh, read read Hyken another quote and see if this quote checks out to Hyken. I like it when people say I've changed. I would agree. I have. Because if you're not changing, you're not evolving. That means you're being stuck. The world is constantly changing. My house is a little bigger. I got a few more cars. My clothes are a little different. My jewelry is a little different. The way I think about things is a little different. But yeah, you do change. What do you want me to do? You want me to live in the same kind of house with no gate on a busy street that I could do when I was a first-year player in the league? I'm sorry. I can't do that. For my safety. For a lot of other reasons as well. I'm pretty sure that Jimmy has like said that exact quote verbatim, like, to, uh, like back when he was with the Bulls. It's also weird that he's that it has literally anyone said like you know my problem with Jimmy Butler is that his house is too nice. <laughs> that's when I watch him and I see his interactions. That's the main thing that jumps out to me is that I think he should live on a busier street. All right, here's another one. Tell you the truth. I don't really worry about the perception of me from everybody. Only the oh, people. To, to tell you, to, by the way, to tell you the truth is a Jimmy staple, by the way. <laughs> That's a Jimmy staple. I don't really worry about the perception of me from everybody. Only the people that are around me every day. If somebody that's around me every day is saying, look, man, you coming off this way and that way, then I got to take a step back. Like, damn, you're around me every day. You see my mannerisms. You see how I'm interacting with people. You're probably right. So if you're not one of those people, it's really hard for your perception to be spot on correct if you don't talk to me every day or you don't like the way I answer something or the way that I handle something. Yeah, so, that's also, that sounds right. Essentially, <laughs> that's like, hey, if you think I'm an asshole, you need to see me every day and see that I am exactly the same kind of asshole every day. See, I read this as only Mark Wahlberg can tell me when I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, talking about his year in Minnesota, he said, I would say it was a great chapter in my life, like all the other ones that I've had. I still have some pretty good relationships with a lot of people over there. I have no bad things to say about anybody. Because he said them all. (laughs) He did say them all. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and And then in Philly, he says, regarding Philly, he said, I think as long as everybody's honest with one another, which is what I'm telling everybody every day, like if somebody has a problem with something or somebody, you just talk to them, you figure it out. 
it does seem like he's talking to people in Philly, right? Yeah, and like especially because you, you know, remember there was like, you know, there was all this like this perception that he just like didn't you know he didn't like Carl Anthony Towns like he didn't think he worked hard enough or whatever. Uh, he played Fortnite all night. He yeah. gets to Philly immediately. He goes out of his way. He goes out of his way to in Philly. He goes out of his way to be like, hey, you know, Markel Fultz. Like we're with Markel Fultz. Like he's part of the brotherhood. You know, we see him working hard. Like like he's making an. He's like going out of his way to not act the way he acted in uh, Minnesota then, towards his teammates. Now now Brett Brown. The Brett Brown yeah. thing is a totally other. He was does, he, also, does he address like, that? At his he uh, does not really. <laughs> no, he's he's just like no, it's fine. I was just being honest. I think like. Okay, there's two things that are going on here for me. One is that when people are saying tell the truth or talking about how honest they are, immediately they're being huge. I have like a little yeah, I have well, I just have like a little alarm bell that's like, why are you telling me that you're not lying to me right now? (laughs) But also, I mean, Jimmy's Jimmy seems like he's absolutely one of those guys who's like like you said a really mean thing. But he's like, but it's okay. I really believed that mean thing I said. You know, yeah, I'm it's honest all with you. Out of love, right? <laughs> yeah. It's out. It's out of love. Like I, I give you, I give you the brutal. Like I tell it like it is. Yeah, okay. that's 100 percent how Jimmy is. I have. A- it's not. It's not necessarily. I'm just being. I'm being. Just to be clear, this is not necessarily a bad thing. This is just. Yeah, this is how he is. Yeah. You're just being honest. You're no, telling what you're. We are asking you as a person who has actually talked to Jimmy Butler before. If yeah. this is what yeah. he's actually no, like, <laughs> no, I probably like like if if you had asked me to write like, uh, what I think that the, the, the Jimmy Butler as told to thing would be like, I think I probably would have like written exactly what what you guys wrote. <laughs> like none, none of none of this is surprising to me in any way that he said any of this. All right, and finally, okay, as a yeah, as a Butlerologist, I have a question for you, Sean. Okay, does Jimmy regret anything? Oh no, never. No, he does not. Yeah. <laughs> He said, I do not, I don't have regrets. There's not too many things you can change, whether you do it out of anger, fear. I'm not going to regret it because it all plays a factor in who I am. It may play a factor in what people think of me as well, but I know who I am. I know where my heart is. I'm not going to say that I think everything through, through thoroughly. No, but everybody makes mistakes. I don't think I do anything to hurt anybody. Well, I don't on purpose. I should, ju- I should say, I just don't, man. I don't regret anything. Um, obviously, he doesn't regret yeah. anything. My favorite I don't part of that regret is telling it. Brett Brown he looks like a real estate agent and not a basketball coach. <laughs> but he's also like, he's also like, look, it's fine. I don't always think everything through. That's true. Everybody makes mistakes. I don't do anything to hurt anyone. Well, sometimes I do. But I'm just, I just don't regret anything. I'm Jimmy Butler. I can, you can't be a person who regrets things and have the journey that he had. Wouldn't you think like that? It kind of seems like he maybe had to be a maniac to make it this far. I think that's true, right? Isn't every athlete that makes it this far actually a maniac? And some of them are just more open about it. Yeah, he's just honest. He's giving you his truth. Yeah. I think that. Most- well, yeah, but and especially like I said earlier, especially coming from the background that he came from, where. He had to, I mean, and the whole thing with him, with Towns, and I, I was saying this like back in the summer when the stuff was first starting to go on, he is a guy where he is like psychotically competitive because he has had to be his entire career. He was, mo- you know, most of these guys like, okay, 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 so think about who like the other top 10-ish players are in the league. 
you know, you got always got guys like, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis and Kevin. Like it's it's all these guys who like have been told they're the best player in the world or like uh, they've been the best player on every team they've ever been on since they were like 12. Right. And so they've been in that, you know, they've been basically preparing to be NBA stars since they were 12. And with that comes like, like the leadership side of it and like the interacting with teammates side of it. And so when you're a guy like LeBron or you're, you know, a Kevin Durant or whoever, you're going to have more practice of that stuff and you're going to be more polished at that stuff because you've literally been practicing that since you were playing on an AAU team when you were 11 or 12. With Jimmy Butler, like he, you know, the background that he comes from, he was not recruited at all out of college. He went to junior college for two years before he went to Marquette. He was the 30th pick in the draft. He didn't play him. Like nobody ever thought he would become as good as he ended up becoming. And so he never had that, like, as a kid, like, I'm the best player on this team. I'm going to be an NBA star. I need to learn how to be a leader and like lead a team and, you know, you know, be a guy that a teammates rally around. He's never had that. And so with him, now that he's in the NBA and he is this, you know, all-star, all-NBA type of guy, he looks at a guy like Carl Anthony Towns who has been, uh, you know, who was the number one pick and who was a heavily hyped prospect and who like went through the whole AAU system and all that. He looks at that guy and he's like, why doesn't this guy work as hard as I do? Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder, I wonder too, if don't you think that maybe because Ben Simmons is from Australia and Joel MD Embiid also came out of nowhere that he maybe just has a different perception of those dudes too. Well, I think he's seen with, with, with Embiid, I think, first of all, I I think the thing he respects about both of those guys, uh, both of those guys are like big time shit talkers where like, and they all, they don't back down from stuff. Like, I feel like, I feel like Jimmy respects that Embiid will just like talk like like does these like trolling instagram posts and he's not afraid to go at guys because the thing about Embiid is he can dish it out but he can take it too like he's not gonna like he's self-deprecating he can laugh at himself like if jimmy yells at at him in practice he's gonna go right back at him and i think jimmy is gonna respect that about him and i think ben simmons is kind of the same way whereas i think that the thing that he had about carl anthony towns whether this is right or wrong i don't spend enough time around the timberwolves to know this all this for sure i can only go off like what i've read but like he always felt like, you know, J- you know, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, is this heavily hyped, you know, number one guy, but he doesn't like go at like if if somebody goes at you, like if you if you if, if Jimmy were to go at Towns, he would just kind of take it and lie down and not really go back at him. And I think Jimmy doesn't respect you unless you do go back at him. Makes sense to me. Who do okay, Sean. Out do you have any hiking, I mean, do you have any uh like not in writing, obviously, because you can't really do that. But is do you have any Jimmy Butler in you when you're like playing video games or whatever, where you're like, I gotta go after this guy? Because I, I am not competitive at all. <laughs> I certainly have a chip on my shoulder about various things and various, uh, without getting into like specifics, various you know outlets that have either not hired me or mm-hmm. let me go or, or, you know, people, people, you know, if I feel like I was, you know, professionally disrespected, I'm sure everybody who's in this business kind of has that to a degree, but you know, yeah, there are certain people where like, I, you know, I want to outwork these specific people or, you know, all this, like, I, I'm not, obviously I'm not going to go into specifics about who, but like sure. there are, you know, there, I, I think everybody, I'm, I'm sure you guys like in the comedy world, I'm sure there are like comedy, you know, people that you see and you're just like, Oh, I want to beat that guy. I want to destroy that guy. Yeah, I would also say, though, that of the people that I know in comedy that get, like, famous, uh, they have a drive that I do not have, if that makes sense. Like, a Fair specific, yeah. like, I mean, it's not, it's it's like a supernatural, like, 
uh, like they just want it more. So I understand. I'm an Andrew Wiggins. It's fair. I'm fa- it's fair. You stay up all night playing Fortnite. I do. Yes. And you and I fight about it all the time because I'm staying up all night playing Tetris. I'm I, would, but I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't mind being Andrew Wiggins. From. I wouldn't mind being Andrew Wiggins if someone wanted to give me $145 million. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Someone should give me $145 million. I will look you in the eye and promise to work hard. That's um, true. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Keen, did you want to talk about the London game real quick? Yeah, just real fast. It was just, it's hilarious that the NBA is, you know, they, they have a London game because they're trying to build international interest in basketball. Which, again, I have suggested that instead of sending NBA players, they should also just send the Jacksonville Jaguars. The people in London would never yes. know the difference. <laughs> it's the same. It, they're going there already. They might have apartments. Uh, but the NBA, you know, reasonably wants it to not be like as bad as it could be travel wise. So they basically just send teams who play in the Northeast, but that means for the last six or seven years, they are sending terrible teams all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like the nets, the Knicks, uh, the Sixers before two years ago. Uh, And so this was maybe a game can end on a goaltend, a goaltend between (laughs) the Knicks and the Washington wizards. And um, I mean, obviously, you know, like people, people in England, I, I don't know what basketball is on TV, but Did I, they like think Chris Porzingis was going to be back by then before they No, they just they just only send Atlantic Division teams, basically, because the flight and so they're like, shorter. oh, New York, that's a big city. And, and it's not. Yeah, it's not that big a flight. So the Knicks, this is like the Knicks third or fourth London trip. Um, And so, yeah, they goaltended a Thomas Bryant shot. <laughs> at the buzzer which is incredible but if you are a big nba fan and you see these games and really focus on them there are like some wild misperceptions you would have first of all that um luke cornett is a like the greatest three-point shooter in the nba because he was <laughs> knocking out shots uh emmanuel mudier went for 25 points tonight a cornet oh cornet sorry i yeah i don't care about him at all um and also, it would be funny if NBA TV was still blacked out in London because that was an NBA uh, TV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so other confusing London performances I just want to bring up. Um, Carmelo Anthony dominated a year after dominating in the Olympics. And so I wonder if you're like a London basketball fan. You're like, they did him wrong. Like, jumper mellow. It's, <laughs> it's a dominant force. Uh, but my favorite game was there was a... Um, I guess this was a Knicks Nets game, <laughs> probably in five years. Two thousand seven or something, or no, two thousand ten. What? I think it was two thousand eleven, okay. maybe. I have it somewhere, but um, it was a triple overtime game. Jesus Christ! <laughs> so Chris Humphreys, I think, put up like twenty and twenty. Um, I think Darren Williams had like seventeen assists. Uh, Sasha Vujicic had his career high of twenty five points. And uh, all scores were led by Andrea Bargnani, who went for 35 points. And I don't know if this has ever happened in NBA history. He missed game-winning shots at the end of the first, second, and third overtime in that game. Holy shit. What, a, what an experience to watch 
you know, 63 minutes of some of the worst basketball you've ever seen. <laughs> I think somebody, I think so, one of the players played like 54 minutes in that game. Just truly great stuff. Um, all right. Hiken, what is the worst basketball game you've ever seen in person? Hiken, you there? Oh my god! I mean, I I, I covered some pretty bad Bulls teams. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I I think I think the worst basketball game I ever saw in person was it was definitely a late late era Don Nelson game with. Oh, like 2009 Yeah, or I think it was that game where I got mad at the Warriors for beating the Thunder. <laughs> Which was an incredible game. Yeah, this is probably <laughs> 2010, and the Warriors end up upsetting the, uh, I think, eight seed that year, Oklahoma City Thunder. And we watched it. We got really we cheap luxury. We were in a luxury box because all the tickets were like $15 each because... Um, very exciting, and everyone was very excited at Monte Ellis defeating Kevin Durant, except Joey, who was just like, they are ruining this, they're gonna get a bad draft choice, and they're gonna end up with, I don't know, hypothetically, Ekbe Udo. (laughs) (laughs) And then they did. Well, the other thing is that that's the same year that, like, three days later, the Warriors only had five guys for the season the, the, at the last game of the season and ended up beating the Blazers. And uh, yeah, that was the difference between them drafting Udo and Boogie Cousins. Yeah. Those two <laughs> improbable victories. Well, they ended up with Boogie Cousins anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah, it worked out all right. Uh, I was also at a game where uh, Jeff Green hit a game winner against the Golden State Warriors. So there's no way that game was any good. Thunder era Jeff Green hitting a buzzer beater to beat the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> uh, uh, Sean, I've what's seen... the worst game you saw live? I don't the think I've game seen that com- The game that comes to mind for me. Mm-hmm. The game that comes to mind for me was a... This was the first Hoiberg year, uh, yeah, when I was still on the, when I was still on the Bulls beat. In like December, they played a four overtime game against the Pistons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look up the box score because it wasn't even like a good game. It was just one of those like y- you know how like sometimes like to, like just because a game goes to yeah. overtime doesn't mean it's like good. This game went to four overtimes, and all of us just like wanted to die by. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find the uh, the box score from this game. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a truly terrible NBA game. Uh, just because I've not, I haven't been to that many. I mean, I guess, I guess when I saw the the Battle of New York in uh, late March in yeah, 2015 that's nick that in was like march 2015 uh-huh. i've seen evan turner get a triple double in a game and everyone it was still like a real bummer um my favorite part of that nick's nets game though was that um it was my first time going to madison square garden and so you know the game is both teams are terrible that year and but 
I've just been so brainwashed into like, this is the Mecca of basketball. These are the smartest fans that during the, the halftime, they've just got kid basketball. It's like two teams right. of that's my favorite playing each other. Show, it was actually. great. And, and, and my section, people were like watching it, pointing guys out, really clapping. And I was like, holy shit, these are the best basketball fans <laughs> in the world. And like, uh, at the end of the game, it was very disappointing because the at, as like the fake buzzers running out, the biggest kid on the court uh, blocked a shot by the shortest kid on the court, like four <laughs> rows deep. But I was still just like, wow, basketball. I love basketball. I'll leave in New York tomorrow. But this was great. And then um, as halftime continues, all the children file back into our section. I was just That's so sitting in cheap seats filled with the parents it wasn't like they just loved basketball they were cheering for their children and i was just like the city's basketball crazy they'll even watch an eight-year-old hi can you find this box score yet hell yeah dude <laughs> yeah i did okay so the so the score of this game and this is just like a, this is like this was only like three years ago the final score of this game was 147 to 144 this is four <laughs> overtime that's a regulation game like this year yeah the Warriors would have scored so, 200 points if they had four overtimes. Okay, so Reggie Jackson had 31 points on 12 of 27 shooting. Oh, boy. Catavius Caldwell Pope had uh, 17 points on 18 shots. That's that's He's born for a quadruple overtime game. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, Andre Drummond, uh, 33 points, 21 rebounds. If he's going to get four overtimes, though, I want him getting 30 rebounds. You know yeah. what I mean? Come on, Andre. <laughs> Especially if Casey you know, look taking at this. more this shots than the... points. <laughs> this is this is the this is, this is the uh, OK. Like this is this is all this is on brand here. Like so the, so the, so the Bulls five starters, Jimmy Butler, 43 points. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Derek Rose, 34 points on 34 shots. Yeah, that also on Brent doesn't work as hard as Jimmy. Nobody does. Uh, Pau Gasol, 30 points, 15 rebounds. Oh, he be he was probably so tired after four overtimes, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. He needed. He uh, probably was like, I normally take a siesta here. It's what my people do. I ate so much delicious ham after the regulation. Can we end this I game? I have tickets to the opera. <laughs> uh Taj Gibson, 14 points, that made 12 rebounds. That makes sense. Tony Snell, three points on one of seven shooting. Oh that was their fifth God. starter. Seven points in four overtimes. Seven shots in four overtimes. Incredible. It is so weird. Tony minutes. Snell is like a like a fine NBA player now. Right? Yeah. Look, he got out of Chicago. Oh, it was just a bad that really goes a long way. <laughs> Doug McDermott only had three shot attempts. Oh, like that's a guy you think he's gonna be firing in a four overtime. Yeah, I want game. him jacking for sure. Yeah, Aaron oh. Brooks also not jacking. He only had three shot attempts. Ugh. Upsetting. Yeah, yeah. I, this was this was this was, and especially like imagine like like being a beat writer also where you have to stay for like two hours after the game, as well as it being a four. Like it was. I think I got home at like three in the morning. That was brutal. That's, that was a brutal night. I'm sorry, Hiken. I'm sorry that happened to you. But somebody hire Sean Hyken to cover a team so he can yeah. do it again because it's what he loves. Yeah, give me, give, me, give me another four overtime game. Hell yeah. Um, At this point, hell yeah. 
Hagen, what would you like to plug? Uh, I mean, I've been just writing a lot of stuff lately. I got a Kevin Knox piece at SNY that just came out today. Uh, I've got a, I'm doing an Anthony Davis thing coming up for BR. Uh, that'll be up in a couple of days, I think. Uh, you know, just follow me on Twitter at Hiken. I will tweet whenever I have something. I, you know, I've been doing a lot of stuff lately, so I should have some stuff, uh, Subscribe to Take It or Break It uh, because Big Corbin. Hey, cut him off. Cut him off, Joey. (laughs) (laughs) That episode's never Uh, coming back. I'm going to listen to that. Go, 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 go listen to the lost episode of Take It or Break It if you are like me and remember it because all of you don't. Uh, Keen plugs go. Okay, uh, come see the Everything Report on Wednesday, January 3rd, one night only at SF Sketchfest. It's at Piano Fight, which is uh, in the Tenderloin in San Francisco. And we have the very funny Emily Catalano opening for us. So oh, Emily's check- so funny. Yeah, she's great. I'm really happy. Uh, Reg Steele's making an appearance. And I can't tell you why, but we also have a, a professional singer involved in our ensemble so it should be really it should be really fun and very stupid especially if you like the everything report and my portion of the show is probably stupider than anyone else's too so that is really that's our brand our brand is stupid (laughs) um uh as for us download the slammed up album at roundballrock.bandcamp.com uh it's called slammed up season one it is free, but you can also give us money if you feel like it. Uh, and then you can always follow me on Twitter, at Frankie Muniz. We're on 6-2015. I tweeted, Remind me to never buy natural applesauce ever again. The fake well, stuff dominates in the taste <laughs> department. You know what? Fair enough, Frankie Muniz. <laughs> Uh, trust the process and trust uh, the process. shut it down. Daryl Morey, go on round ball. Step inside the arena in Dallas. Don't you know it's a palace? No better place to play. You say the owner's a chode, but he gives us nice robes. He bought him on eBay So we'll start a revolution from the fore Because Dennis Smith's not part of this young core Step outside, defenders guard the paint Rise up and hit the dagger three Impress Chuck on TNT Luca D is gonna tear your heart out And John Sally can wait He knows Luca's greater than the best damn sports show The haters fade away but don't look it back in anger unless you draft a tray. Take me to the place in Slovenia where being young doesn't mean you don't know how to play.
Please don't put the rock in the hands of DeAndre Jordan. He'll throw the ball away. So we'll start a revolution in Big D. Because Maxi Kleber's got great chemistry. Step back jumper simply can't be stopped. In Lucas' trunk, there's lots of junk, but he'll throw down a nasty dunk. Luca D is coming here to fall out. And John Sally can wait. Luca would be great in the remake of Eddie. Tread for Tim Hardaway. But don't look back in anger unless you draft a trade. Hey, you know, this here, Dennis Smith, sounds like a right wanker. Kind of like a wanker, I know. My brother Liam. I'll say you tell this guy, hey. Sod off. Get in your lorry. Head off to the chip shop. Piss off. Maybe you can trade him to New York for Frankie Smokes. By the way, I knew a Frankie Smokes once. He sold me my cocaine. John Sally can wait. He thinks that it's great that Luca is a bad boy, too. He's all NBA, but don't look back in anger unless you draft a tray. John Sally can wait. Luca would be great in the remake of Eddie. Trade for Tim Hardaway. But don't look back in anger. Don't look back in anger. Is here to stay. Based on the CBA. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.